Thank you, band. We will have more of the band just now. Um, the kicker. So we've been um, we've been journeying this last while to make sense of our into fives in the light of the kingdom of God, in the light of the calling that He has on our lives. Because we've seen, we know, but it's been clear that even in the church this has been quite fuzzy and a lot of people struggle to make kingdom sense of their job. And we spoke about the fact that first of all we need an adequate theology about it so we can understand where it comes from and what it is from God's perspective and second to have practical tools that will help us to, to position ourselves in the way that He would have us and I'm, I'm briefly going to run over that in the next two minutes then we're going to stop that model that we believe the Lord gave us to work through Many of you saw what Pastor Ross did on Wednesday and how he made that practical in his own life over the last 15 years. But we need to understand that if we understand works well, that we would not have the same particular divide anymore where we think certain jobs are more glorious than others and others have a specific, you know, I just have a specific grudge job and I just have to do this accounting thing, but I just don't know how it relates to anything in the kingdom because we've had such a one-dimensional view maybe of what the kingdom is and what work is and who God is and all of that. So um, I have done a lot of work in career counseling in my industrial psychology background um, and so from that place it's been a great passion of mine to make sense of this and make kingdom sense of it. So. Just to recap, we read in Genesis 1 that we are made in His image. We're made in His image. We're made in His image. Um, we're called to be imitators of Him. We read Galatians 5.1. Because we are made in His image. He works. The first thing we read about Him is that He works. And He doesn't do pastoral work. He does earth moving. And all kinds of um, like all kinds of incredible biological miracles and um, what would you call it? Yeah, let's say birth moving to the next level. Making the, making the world. He works and then he rests from his work. He makes us in his image and the first thing he does when he made us, he said, the scripture said he blessed them and said be fruitful and multiply fill the earth and subdue it and he gave them work the first thing man was given to do was work with our compensation as a blessing that's where we sometimes struggle we think work is a curse and we have to do it for money but when we understand where it comes from we realize it's part of our identity in his image it was given as a blessing to us and that he provides so we will work with that's who we are then came 
the curse and the work of man was cursed because of sin he said it will be hard for you but didn't Jesus die to free us from the curse so the new humanity the one freed by him those born again are freed from the curse under which the world is where work is hard and a curse and it is primarily just to make money and once again we get to redeem it to what it should be even in the companies we are in in whatever way they function for as entrepreneurs we get to redeem the fact that it was a it was given to man as a blessing and to reflect their creator who works and who doesn't do pastoral and missionary work only but who has been designing clothes and artifacts and ships and he's done carpentry work and he was a great fisherman in terms of being a fisherman and a winemaker he was a one in one it was incredible we've got an incredible winemaker here in our communication this morning as well um, but he's done so many things throughout history that's been the work of god we can't limit him to thinking that it is only the things we traditionally would say is the work of God. And it's a variety of works that bring heaven to earth. And we, understanding that it's His design, we should work and it should be a blessing. And to redeem that, we should, we should seek and find what our job must be. And that what we find would satisfy the longing in our hearts to live a purposeful life. And we would understand and see the value of it in whatever it is that he would call us and it wouldn't feel like something secondary or something that just needs to make enough money to survive. We looked at this model that the world uses and that I've used um, in my consulting days as well, very simple. Um, and we debunked it when we compare it with scripture. We've realized that so many of us have been using this model to find what we should do. Because the world tells us what are you passionate about, what do you really love, what are you really good at, and what makes money. And if you can find something that satisfies those three, three things, you do it. It makes a lot of sense and it works really well. It's a worldly model. A lot of Christians have been using it. Just at a lack of, of a better. But a lot of us are here and we've, we've even Christianified a lot of these things. Passion, we would say it's you know, calling because it's, it's birds of our heart and skills we call gifts and say because God has given me this gift I have to use it and making money we say oh well I have to provide so I have to find something that makes Money. And we've got this, this, this almost theology um, of work going around. But it's clear from Scripture that it says those who come to Christ must crucify the have crucified the flesh with these passions and desires. We come to Christ surrendering, crucifying everything, every passion we hold dear. We crucify. Then there's a beautiful process where He gives us things where we know it's been received by. We received it from Him. 
We, we heard it was confirmed. It was, it was birthed in us in His presence. Those passions we again need to crucify and surrender before they can be anything valuable like Isaac. So whether it's before we know that He's given these things to us and it's just our own, our own passions, um, or whether it's things that's clearly been given to us, we surrender them to Him so they can be, remain pure and surrendered to Christ. Um, so, so with God's to our passion, yes, He wants us in that place. Let Him lead us there. Don't let us just say what I'm passionate about is what I must do. With regards to our skills, um, yes, we should upskill. Yes, the Word of God says David worked with integrity of heart and skillfulness of hands. But we cannot only move within that circle because the Scripture clearly tells us that he uses the foolish things of this world to put a shame the wise and the weak things to confound the strong. And he says, I'm poor wives and, and where Jesus told him that my, my strength would be made perfect in weakness. God also moves, uses us in our weakness so that he can be strong through that. That's part of the way that our journey with him is supposed to be. So we cannot only ring things and things we are could have steepled in them, but follow Jesus even when it is uncomfortable in the space we are in. With regards to provision, let us let He be our provider and we follow Him diligently because He says, seek first the kingdom and I provide for you. Don't seek to provide and then add the kingdom on, but you will provide for your family really well if you follow Jesus well. Remember we said some some say no, but Jesus wants me to provide for my family and Jesus wants me to follow him. So I choose the Jesus that says I'll provide for my family. And I, I don't want to be too open to hear too much of the other Jesus that wants me to follow him radically and even may, maybe want to call me to let go of everything I have like the rich and ruler. So in essence we see these two Jesuses but there is only one and it's the one that says follow me. Seek my kingdom, and I will provide for you. That would be the best way to provide for our families is to be in that place. Proverbs 23:4 says it so well. It says, "Do, do not toil." What does it say? Do not, do not toil to increase in wealth. Can't recall it now for whatever reason, but something as simple as that. It just says, "Your work shouldn't be so you can have the money." Because that's working under the curse. Your work is a blessing and to fulfill a kingdom purpose. The provision will come, but let God determine that and speak into that. Let us steward that well. So, and we said, what kind of a model can we use? Um, and I believe God gave me this model, and I'm, so, I'm overwhelmed by it. The fact that it is incredibly helpful in guiding me, and I hope it will guide us as well. Can I just see, is there anyone that um, in the row that you're in, there, isn't, there aren't enough of these of these papers? Do you go to workshop now? Is there anyone that needs one, that doesn't have one? You can raise your hand and we can get one to you. There should be enough around. Alright, so you're going to use that just now. But this would be a better model and we're not going to go into the details of this that we did last week but if we could ask if we could ask God 
who He says we are. We see Jesus started His ministry by understanding who the Father said He is. That's the starting point. Affirmation from the Father. Words of who you are. Obi, you are the light of the world, Jesus said. He's in the business of speaking identity. Obi, you should know what the Father says about you. When someone asks you, when the world comes against you, you should be able to recite the things that have been confirmed over your life. You should then, after that, that comes first. After that, we start asking what specifically other things I'm called for. What's my life about on earth? Never do that without the identity thing. Otherwise, you would fall into works and just want to do whatever God called you to do, but you will never know who you are. And then you will be, you'll feel like an orphan running around trying to please a manager rather than a son that takes ownership of his father's business. But the, you're asking what you're called to do, and then also you must be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's lead in seasons in your life to know where am I supposed to be right now. To satisfy only one of these or two of them over even at the same time leaves a specific gap. You see that in that model. You might you might know who you are and where you should be right now, but you don't know what you call for, so you don't know the reason you are where you are so where you are right now. You might know who you are and what you call for, but you don't know the season, so you don't know if you always should be right now. You might know what you are called for and where you should be right now, but you don't know who you are, and then you'll just go into works mode, and we should stay clear from that. We move in faith from conviction. What's important to say is that even if you do not hear anything from God, and you don't know anything about all of these, I think we'll need another battery. I think these ones are both at their end. Um, there's a whole Bible to obey. You could start moving. You could start moving with the Word of God and His Word will already give you more than enough things to do. But when we surrender our lives fully to Him, then these are the kind of things that He would lead us in. He would confirm to us. And we trust that He would do that and start to do that today. Because what it, what it comes down to in essence, what's the most helpful thing I have in my life and the most helpful thing that Pastor Ross showed us here as well. If you could have a one, a one, Ager, maybe more than one, that actually summarizes the confirmed words that God has spoken over you, who you are, what are the things you call to, where you're supposed to be right now, and that's ever ever growing. It's not a stale document, it ever grows. But if, if you could take all the years of journals you have, or if your walk is new, start afresh and start to compile that, that would be the thing that would help you to make decisions for the rest of your life. And every decision wouldn't feel like a new one that you have to make from scratch. Every job offer that comes your way, every difficult time you're in, would make sense in line with what God has already told you to do and who you should be. So, that's the end of it. We've spoken about this at length and I'm not going to speak about it more now. What we're going to do right now, the band, you can come up um, and they will minister um, you can worship with them or you can just
just be in in the space for the next four, 45 minutes. Um, but we're going to do three things while the band ministers. Three things. Let's call it workshop, ministry, and prophecy. Workshop, ministry, prophecy. Okay? We're going to engage in those three spaces. Workshop, ministry, and prophecy. How's it going to work? First of all, you're going to workshop that model as you have it on your little sheet um, with God. Now you don't have to use that, it's just if you want to use it, you can use it. You can use whatever you want, you can use your own book, your own journal. Um, Doug, can you help me with this? I don't think it reaches there. Um, you're going to sit and just be with the Lord and start to write down. Start to write down what, what are the things you know that he has spoken over you. Identity. You are. You are. The you are kind of, the kind, kind, kind of things. And if you don't have anything, start asking him. Jesus, who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? And allow the Holy Spirit to start this journey in you. For most of you, it's not the beginning of the journey. For many of us, it's to get this together. Who does he say you are? Father, what am I called to do? trust his voice to speak to you and if he leads you to scripture that's awesome so all of you are going to one of the things you would do is you would sit with that for a while okay is that clear write stuff do stuff whatever the lord leads you while the music's playing that's workshop number two what you would also do is we have got a team that's going to minister to anyone that's going to respond to each to, to any of the words that I'm going to share with you right now. Specific things I feel that is going to touch your heart and you know you need to respond to that and someone's going to pray with you into that for healing and restoration. So while at the same time while everybody's workshopping, you can come to the front in any one of the front rows. I think that would be the best way to do this. Or you could raise your hand. And someone will come and sit next to you if you, if there's enough space and enough distance around you. Otherwise, you can come and sit at the front. So, facilitators who will pray and minister, have your eyes on the front row, have your eyes on any hand that's raised. And someone will come to you and pray with you. Okay? So, we're going to pray now. And, and I ask that you respond to any and, and trust Him to touch you. Don't try to justify why you actually shouldn't then maybe not have to respond to this. Because what you're saying is, I'm just going to try and see why I would not want God to make this area of my life more holy or to just touch me. So, um, and and the, the specific things we're going to minister will be on the board the whole time. Okay. So, number one, this one, I'm just going to read them. I've been, if you say, I've been hurt by the curse work has been to me I struggle to experience work as a blessing if that's you when we start ministering now raise your hand, come and sit at the front we'd love to pray with you the next one if you realize you say I realize I've made my career work related decisions in a worldly way but now I'm stuck in it and I feel condemned or confused. I don't know what to do now. 
if that she would love to pray with him. Number three, I struggle with money. I work for money and not for God. Or I think about money too much. Or I want to be rich and I know the scripture says I should be very careful for that. I struggle with money. I realize I'm working for it. Last one. I cannot see the redemption or the or the God work or just enough good in my work or my industry. It just doesn't feel like a calling. What I do just doesn't feel like a calling. It doesn't feel worthy of calling. If any of those four is you, we've got a team that wants to minister. And anything else in this space, anything else also, you can raise your hand, come and sit at the front, there'll be a facilitator to pray with you. Okay. Third one, prophecy. So prophecy will happen at the wooden tables there where we socialize and um, I think we'll need an extra space in my office. So there'll be the nice comfy one and then there'll be the wooden um, wooden table ones. We've got four teams of um, two that are ready to trust God to release prophetic words over your life. So I want all of you at some stage during the next 45 minutes just to go and sit with with them and for one or two or three minutes they will pray and they'll trust God to show you something, to show them something about you and they'll prophesy over you. And I want you to, to take those words, write them down, ask God to continue to confirm them in your life. You have to um, test those words, um, but receive from His, from His body. Alright, so what's going to happen now? Once again, Anne's going to minister. You can sing with them if you want. You can just hang in God's presence while you do your little workshop activity. At any stage, you can come to the front for ministry. Someone will pray with you at any stage. Wander off towards the back um, and let, let one of the teams just minister to you. So those are the three things we're going to do for the next 40 minutes. Um, and then we'll close with a nice chorus and a prayer. Is that is that clear? I think it's going to be amazing. Are you ready for it? It's going to be awesome. Maybe this is the start of a beautiful journey for you. And I trust for that. Father, we commit this time to you. Use it, Lord. Use it. Speak to us. Minister in this community. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go for it. If anything's unclear, you can come to me and ask me.